In other words, it was very small, but the impact was massive. And if you can realize that small things make a big difference, then you can go home and instead of feeling overwhelmed, change one thing. Address one area. And then follow the leading of God and address another. Here's the quote. It's by a Mr. Ostrowski, a lawyer. That's no realistic goal for a nigger. Those are the words spoken by a teacher to a man named Malcolm For those of you that don't know the story of Malcolm X, Malcolm X became the voice piece of the nation of Islam, an odd form of Islamic faith that in some ways is aligned with Islam of the Middle East, but in many ways is more about national pride for an entire people that had been oppressed in the United States. It was a, a black pride movement trying to scrape back dignity for a people whose dignity had been stripped away. Mr. Ostrowski was Malcolm's English teacher in junior high school. He had also acted as an informal guidance counselor But as is told in the autobiography of Malcolm X, he encouraged unexceptional white students to make the most of themselves. But when Malcolm, despite his living situation, despite the the messed up home situation, despite all the things that were against Malcolm, but when Malcolm, an exceptional student, expressed interest in becoming a lawyer, He made that statement and then made the suggestion that he should shoot for another more reasonable aspiration of becoming a carpenter. Now, what's so astounding to me about this, and I I read this the the, uh, first year that I entered undergraduate school at the University of Delaware, and uh, it was a book, all the students would get a book from the university and they would ask you to read it. In fact, I think we had two books that we had to read. And I remember reading this, and I was fascinated by the story because this man goes on to become the voice piece of the nation of Islam, of Elijah Muhammad, the founder of the nation of Islam. And it's this voice that defines for a huge section of time the protest of the black people and the racism that they had experienced, and they were saying it was enough. There were other movements going on at the same time. Black Panthers were going on. There were all kinds of other things. At this time also is when Muhammad Ali was fighting, and he was also a part of the Nation of Islam. So you've got a number of pieces, and you can go study your civil rights history and pick up these pieces. It was the opposite side of Martin Luther King. In fact, I have sitting over my desk a picture 
It's the oddest thing. It's been freaking people out for ever since my graduate school days. Is a picture of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King facing each other. Because these two men both gave their lives for what they believed in. Malcolm X was the most extraordinary communicator that you've ever seen. He could have communicated, which he did in the very last days of his life, because he took a, a journey to Mecca, and there he saw people of all colors of skin. They are worshiping, and he said, wait a minute, what I've been promulgating in the United States, the blue-eyed devil, if you've ever heard that phrase, that's Malcolm X's phrase. And so he converted to Islam proper and went to a peaceful way. What would have happened if that teacher had simply said, I believe you can do that. Okay, we've, we've seen all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm sitting here as the pastor. I've got my connections pastor. I've got my director of children and youth ministries. And I, I promise you, we're overwhelmed. We're like, holy mackerel, where do we go? How do we start? I believe you can do that. How big is that statement? But in Malcolm X's life, it would have been a whole different story. And he got there eventually, and then they killed him for it. And that's a whole other part of the story. But just that small of a statement. I believe you can do that. Now, I tell you that not to talk about civil rights, as interesting as those are. And I'm not talking about that to deal with the the pieces of racism that still exist. If you want to know my story, the church I pastor and all of that, you can talk to anybody else and you'll find out. There's, There's a lot of history there. I told you that simply to take something that would catch your attention. And demonstrate how small can have a great impact. Just that statement. And that gifted and talented man with razor sharp mind and the ability to speak with power could have been speaking for peace reconciliation, and justice. The way he spoke for the last few months of his life before they killed him. But the power of the teacher, the power of the teacher sent him down a very circuitous route. It brought great tragedy for himself. You don't know who's in your classroom. That beat up kid that's coming from foster care. Malcolm was in foster care at the time. You don't know who they're going to become. I tease our church. I joke with them. And I say, be nice to the kids. Because you never know. They might grow up and become your pastor. Because in this place, I was six years old when the doors opened on Newark United Pentecostal Church. Be nice to the kid. 
There are those that have been around for a few years and can remember me. I was not the docile child. I don't know if I had ADHD. I don't know if I'm on the autism spectrum. I know I'm unique. I know I've always looked at the world a different way. I know I've always been in trouble. I've never been a Pharisee because I've never, ever kept the rules. I've been breaking rules my whole life, and I'm still breaking rules, but I'm doing it on behalf of God instead of against it. The power of a teacher. So I really want to send you home. I hope you took notes. All of this has been videoed. I believe, Nicholas, have we succeeded? All of it's videoed. You can get to it via, and Rachel can send out a blurb to connect you with all of that with regard to Facebook or with regard to, to YouTube. You can, you can get to all that. Um, but I really think everybody needs to take a deep breath and simply say a very small move on my part can make a really big impact. And then you just, at a later point, make another small move. Might take courage. Might take, you know, a little bit of chutzpah. Might take talking to your pastor or pastor, it might take looking at some elders that want you to stay in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or the 2000s and say, I love you. I hear your concerns. But here we're going. Come walk with me. I know it's going to be hard. I don't like it either. I don't know, Brother D'Amico, what it feels like to be you, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a young man anymore. I'm somewhere in that liminal state, you know. It is my birthday today. I'm 47. We've got to have courage. We've got to be willing to take small steps and sometimes the small step will get away from you and you'll realize holy mackerel that was a big step I thought I was only sticking my toe in the water and I I did it in 10 foot and I fell in but you see if if we look at that and we go I, I don't know what to do I'm overwhelmed I'm get back to the core of who we are you're a teacher and your small voice can change the life of a child. Now, I don't know about you, but I just have a sneaky suspicion that if we can get that straight in our minds, all of the wealth of information that has been shared by all of the presenters, all the passion that has been expressed by them, all of the burden that we have experienced, that cannot overwhelm us. That now can be a reservoir. That can be a pool of resources. That can be ideas and thoughts. And we go home and start the journey of a mile with one small step. I think I can do that. I think you can do that. I think we can realize the power that God has trusted in the hands of a teacher. Let's not make the mistake of limiting where God can take our students. 
Let's be honest with ourselves about our biases, our hang-ups, our fears, our exhaustion, our preferences. And let's just take some small steps, one by one. And who knows? Who knows? I close with this. This is all theory. I can't prove it to you. But history tells us that at some point, a boy, we don't know whether he's a young man or a young adult or, or a young boy, migrated, made a pilgrimage from Turkey to Israel. The history tells us that he probably had money. His family was wealthy, seemed to have been a merchant of some kind, had done some great service, and due to that had received Roman citizenship, and due to that had probably become wealthy. I like to think that this young man made the journey quite young. I like to think of him being a part of a much larger family and maybe a preceding member of the family had gone there ahead of time, perhaps even in preparation for him as a young boy, perhaps at 12 years of age, to make his way to Jerusalem. He was bright, he was smart, he was intelligent, he was passionate, he was gifted and talented. And he got into the best schools and he studied under the best professor. Again, I can't prove this to you, but I'd like to think that if my scenario so far is correct and if the story is correct, Saul, who we now know as Paul, was one of the young students traveling with his teachers that the Gospels described as being scribes and rulers from Jerusalem go out to test Jesus. Do you think Jesus really didn't know who Saul was? But Jesus understood, if I can just prick him, not beat him, not pulverizing, not defeating, just prick him. Because the scriptures tell us that when the big moment came, see, we're always looking for the big moment, aren't we, teachers? We're looking for that, because then we feel good. But the problem is our work is not in the big moment, it's in the small one. It's in that one where we can so easily blow it but also so easily get it right. In the big moment, you hear the voice of the Lord say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's been hard to kick against the pricks, the goad. Not that which breaks the skin, not that which hurts or damages, but that which discomforts, that which causes you to consider. You're meant to prod your students. You're meant to prick them. You're meant to goad them. You'll find that Saul didn't argue with the voice of the Lord, and that tells me 
that he knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. I like to think. I can't prove it. I don't think we'll ever be able to prove it, so I, I need you to know it's theory right now. But I like to think that Paul, Saul, went back in his mind and remembered the first time he heard Jesus speak one of those things we've got in the Gospels. I don't know which one that made sense, and yet it can't be him. But is it? And we know from Paul's letters that he said, this can't be the Messiah because cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That did the deal for him. He had been hoping. He had been perhaps thinking maybe, but it can't be. And yet the pricks had been placed. So whether we have a student that is stellar and never leaves God or a student that's good at faking it but is trying to leave God or a student that leaves God, plant the goads. Plant the pricks. Do the small thing and trust that God's going to bring forth what he needs to bring forth. You and I are essential. But we don't have to do the big thing. Let's just look at kids and speak the small word that in the hands of our master takes a 12-year-old boy and turns him into the greatest apostle that ever has walked this earth. You and I are saved today because of the apostle Paul. The Jerusalem church would have said, we can't be a part of the body. Paul said, I'm sorry, I don't even like Gentiles. I'm a Jew of Jews, but I know Jesus. This is not going down that way. Peter, sorry, buddy, you're being a hypocrite. I'm going to stand you to the face. James, I know you're the bishop of Jerusalem, but I'm not following what you say. Barnabas, you're getting caught up with it. I'm not going that way. We're taking the gospel to these people I don't even like. I'm going to come back to Jerusalem and clean myself of their filth, but I'm still taking the gospel because I've got a vision of a God who I've sold myself out to. Wonder what the little pricks were that made the greatest persecutor the greatest apostle. You don't know who's sitting in your classroom, so don't be overwhelmed. Do a small thing and let God lead and guide your steps. That, ladies and gentlemen, is all I got for you, but I think if you'll hear it, it'll help you. Could we stand together? Could you lift your voice to him right now? I'm going to turn it back over to Chris. He can do anything he wants. Sister Lugo can do anything she wants. But right now, could we just, just in this moment right here, say, God, guide my steps with the small things. Guide my step with the small things. Jesus, we're always looking for the big things, God. I, I know I, I want the big things. I want to do the big thing. But, God, I, I can't do the big thing. And so, God, help me to be willing to take those small steps. Help me, Jesus, to be willing to take the small step and trust you that you will bring what you want to bring to pass. God, I thank you for allowing me to be a part. I thank you for allowing me to participate. I thank you for allowing me to walk in this journey with you. Lead and guide our steps, Lord. Lead and guide my steps, Lord. Lead and guide my brothers' and sisters' steps. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you, Jesus, and love you. It's a good day. 
And it's wonderful to come to a, a, a meeting like this because we are covering this section with prayer. You, it, you Committed individuals who love God, who love to teach, praise God. And so we're just willing to hear his voice. I'm excited. Is there anything that anybody wants to share before we close? Anything, anybody feel led to, that's... It, it, this, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's been an honor to be here. Um, I'm excited. I hope you are too. We live, in, we live in a time that is unprecedented. God's going to do incredible things and he's going to do it through us. So I hope that you see me as a friend to your ministry um, in the sense that I love, and I was telling Pastor Beersley this last night, I love criticism. It makes our curriculum better. So I would rather you, when you have a problem with the curriculum, come to me and say, hey, I had a problem, rather than you going to somebody else. So if, and I say that to say, so my goal is to equip you to make you better. Jessica just, she came with a great idea. We have to do it. But it's going to take time. We don't, right now in my mind, when I'm thinking about curriculum, I am working on spring of 2021. So if we change something right now, it takes a long time to get, come around. But that's what change looks like. Change takes time. But uh, with you guys working with me as a body of Christ, we're going to make a difference. Do you guys believe that? So view me as a friend, your friend. Contact me. Say, I was at the teacher training thing, and here's some thoughts that I had. God's working with me or whatever. Wide open. Whatever the communication is. I have business cards if you want them. And uh, I just thank you for the opportunity to come here. Look forward to coming in the future. Hallelujah. It's a good day. All right, Brother Miller, will you dismiss us? And if there's anything you want to close with. Amen. Why don't we, why don't we pray? Take what Pastor Beardsley said and implement it very much into, into what we're doing. What you said is so true. If you're going to eat an elephant, you do it one bite at a time. But understand, and this, I feel this to be true, we cannot fail in this endeavor. This is not an endeavor that we are allowed to fail in. God has called us, and to whom he calls, he equips. We've been equipped, so let's do the job our Father's called us to do. Can we pray? Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Lord, you have brought to us today wonderful information. Father, you have saturated us, Lord, not only with wonderful knowledge, but Lord, in that knowledge, you have brought your spirit here, Lord, to enable us, comfort us, and give us peace, but also to prick us. Lord, give us direction and insight. And so, Lord, I pray that today we would be spirit-led, that we would walk in the spirit. And, Father, we would be able to hear your still, small voice as it speaks to our hearts. Lord, let us see the people of God through your eyes. Lord, let us hear the way that you hear. And, Lord, help us to be equipped to do the things that you have called us to do. And, Father, let your peace and let your spirit go with each and every one that's here tonight. Lord, as they go back to their mission field, Father, I pray that you would encourage them today, Lord, to be the change. Father, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.